crazy. The governor. I'm peeing beside him again. Welcome to the Life and Times podcast with your host, Lloyd Phillips. This is a podcast that's put on for the people, by the people, of the people. I, To be honest, I think I'm the only people. It's, all, it's really just going to be me, probably, and uh, occasionally maybe some other people, but... Welcome back to the Life and Times Podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips. Uh, so how's everybody doing? Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a new week. It's a new week this week. and uh, But last week was a pretty exciting uh, week for me. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Right after we hear a word from our sponsors... Today's show sponsors are Boxing Bear Print Company. You can reach them at BoxingBear.com. It's an independent art studio established in 2011, and they have all your art needs. So, if you really love alternative art prints, I would go check out Boxing Bear Print Company at BoxingBear.com. BoxingBear.com. Get to them now.com. And the next sponsor is thecookiebarnwaco.com. They're actually called The Cookie Barn, but that's where you can reach them, at thecookiebarnwaco.com. They're an online cookie company, and they have a pickup location, and they deliver locally in the Waco, Texas area, but they also ship nationwide. So order for birthdays, anniversaries, reunions, showers, or for any occasion. Just enjoy them yourself. Uh, they also specialize in company-client relations, and they have discount pricing. So let your clients know that you're thinking about them and that you appreciate their business. Also, with every purchase, you'll be satisfied knowing that you're supporting an amazing nonprofit organization that helps foster and adoptive families. So, every portion, uh, a portion of every purchase goes towards e1a.org. Encourage one another. e1a.org. Thecookiebarnwaco.com. So, when you're a basketball announcer and you're sitting on the floor, you can hear everything. <laughs> And it, like, puts you in the game. So, like, you can hear the interactions. You can hear what the coaches say to the ref. You can hear what the refs say to the coaches when they get mad. You can hear them mumble under their breath. I mean, honestly, it's the greatest seat in the house. And uh, that's what I did this past week. Somebody called midweek. I didn't even know. Like, I, I didn't even know that I was supposed to do a game, but there was a tournament. And they're like, hey, will you announce this thing? So I said, Sure. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, I walked in there with all confidence, you know, because I have announced a couple of basketball games, and I didn't feel like I needed to practice. Like, there was no butterflies or anything. And as for, for as much as I've done this, I don't have problems speaking in public. I have uh, – I struggle with the presentation 
Like, I hope the presentation is okay. Or, if, you know, if I have to read announcements or if it's serious and all. I, I just, it's the presentation that makes me nervous. It's not the actual speaking. Okay, so I go to this tournament. And I'm like, sure. Uh, I, I hope everything is okay uh, with the way it's presented. Well, I can't announce people if they don't give me rosters. And so I would go to each coach and say, hey, coach, do you have a roster? This is how this goes. I'm giving you the inside of this. Sorry, I just jumped right into it. Um, But I'm giving you the inside of announcing. I got to have rosters so I can say the names. If they don't bring a roster, I'm supposed to write it down, I guess, because how else am I supposed to say it? Well, to be honest, I don't really feel like that's my responsibility. I'm there to say their names into the microphone out loud. I would think that it would be up to the school who actually know the players on their team to give me a roster so I can announce the players on their team. I think that that's how it should go. That's that's what I think. So, you know, I, you go to coaches, and they don't have it. Like, half the teams don't have it. But in people's defense, um, they, had already, they had given their rosters to somebody. It just didn't get to me. So I write the first roster down. By the way, I also made a decision at that point. This will be the last roster I ever write down, and I will start telling coaches, uh, hey, um, if you want me to announce your players, I need a roster. So you better have somebody write it down. I mean, literally, a guy who has no position in the school system or in athletics whatsoever, I'm the guy who has uh, made those comments because I'm I'm, I have written my last roster down. So anyway, I get a roster for this team. And here's the greatest part of this story that you've listened now for five minutes as I've rambled. I said, Coach, I have your roster. Who are your starters? And he looks at me in the eye without smiling, and he says, "Uh, you pick one. I'm like, what? (laughs) He said, you pick one. I'm like, you want me to pick one of your players? He's like, yes. I'm like, sure, 51. By the way, a made up made up number, and I'm not saying the name of the coaches, the schools. It's not the point. The point is, is I'm down on the floor. You know, you hear all this action because you're right in front of it, and now I'm involved in lineup making. So I'm like, uh, 51. He's like, sounds good to me. I uh, put these four in also. So I said, okay, <laughs> that was it. That, that was it. And that was that. That's the greatest part about announcing basketball, a thing that I didn't think I would like at all because. Football, I like that I'm in the box up high. Nobody sees me most of the time. Uh, what I'm doing up there that fans can't see is I'm just trying to make everybody in the box laugh by being over the top. Some of it may come out in the microphone. A lot of it doesn't. In basketball, you can't do that. You're on the floor. The entire gym can see you at, at any given time. So you can't really... You know, it's more of a professional setting, I guess. Um, so I thought that was super cool that he's like, you you pick one. I mean, it was the greatest coaching move he's ever made. And um, the next day, and I'm going to spare you the story because I'm, I'm, I'm protecting him a little bit. It's funny. And the next day, I was like, hey, same same lineup as yesterday. He's like, uh, no. No, nah, I don't think so. I'm going to play all five freshmen. I'm like, you are? He's like, yeah. He's like, which ones? <laughs> uh, he's my new favorite coach, man. I hope this guy wins nine state championships and puts me on staff one day. But that's how that went. And it was, and it was a it was a good weekend. Like, it was a cool thing. But uh, I, And I'm not making fun of any 
player. I'm not making fun of body types. I, I hope I please forgive me because like right now I feel like somebody's gonna judge me. I'm not actually making fun of the individual. I'm I'm making fun of the situation. Um, you know, when I was a kid and I would watch cartoons. I'm going to say it out loud. You just do the illustration in your head. There was a girl on the court. She was really big, like a, like a big, big, um, three 30, 40, 50, somewhere in there. Um, but she was in the game. Well, they played three solid minutes. There were turnovers back and forth, but not, um, just like steals and, uh, dribbling off the foot. So it was like two or three minutes of solid movement. And because the girl was big, you know, and obviously probably didn't have the best uh, wind, um, the kids, all nine girls would run to the end of the court. And by the time she got close to that end of the court, there was another turnover. So they all ran back to the other end of the court. <laughs> and so... She had to turn around and run to the other end of the court. And by the time she got to the other end of the court, <laughs> she, it happened like nine times in a row. And eventually, uh, she just uh, just stayed in about the circle, about half court, and didn't know what to do for a second because she literally couldn't breathe. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, as uh, remember, I already can see you out loud. Now, I would have recorded it. I probably wouldn't have showed it on youtube because the or, or or of course not youtube i wouldn't have shown it on any media i just wanted to really record it to show my family out of humor but then that would look like i was making fun of the person i wasn't making fun of the person i was making fun of the situation and if you watched it i don't know how you couldn't have just fell out of your seat laughing but it was more like i'm out of breath and there's so many turnovers let me argue for her side guys could you take care of the ball so i can at least get to the other end i can't breathe that's what I'd have said if I was her. I would have called the timeout myself. Like, guys, obviously, you can see I'm a little out of shape here. Do you think maybe you could hold the ball till I get to the other end? Just try to protect it. Like, give me five seconds. See? See what I did? Now I'm arguing for her. So, uh, not making fun of her, but but it was funny to watch for sure. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <clears throat> and, and so anyway, when also next thing, if you if you ever wonder and you're at these tournaments, there's whether it's high school or college, there's a hospitality room, and then in, in in that hospitality room, you know there's food and things like that. It's booster club people, coaches, staff, administration. So like regular people, if you've never been in those areas, it's cool to go back there. Well, since I'm the announcer, I qualify. So they have all these different kinds of food. So I went in between games. There's only two people in there. So it's not hard to hear their conversation. They're not talking to me, and I'm not talking to them. So I'm going to get this uh, some some food in between the games. And I hear a girl. Now, it's two girls. It's two girls who, who are nicely dressed uh, young, I actually heard one say how old she was, so I know how old she is. She's thirty-two years old. So there's your mental picture. They're not old at all, and they're and they're and they're dressed really well, and they're talking back and forth. And I'm not, I didn't even acknowledge them when I walked in, and I hear one say, "Seriously, I mean, I know this is going to sound funny, but I'm being serious." She said, "She said I 
found these Dr. Scholl's shoes the other day. And I know, I know it sounds crazy, girl, but listen, I found these Dr. Scholl's shoes and they were so cute. They were the cutest shoes I've ever seen. And I am going to be wearing those Dr. Scholl's shoes. That's what she said. <laughs> I, I don't. I know she's 32, but I think she skipped about 29, 30 years there mentally. Uh, to make a statement, it's almost like those Z coil shoes. Do you guys know what Z coil shoes are? Uh, my my wife's aunt, uh, she she used to wear these Z coil shoes only. She only wore Z coil shoes. That was it, and uh, and she loved them. But the thing about was, and if you don't know what those are, they're regular shoes, and they have a coil on the heel, on the back, right, the heel, and and then it has a shoe sole on the bottom of the coil. So, and, and you're slightly elevated, you know, it's like two or three inches, two, three inches, four, maybe the, the coil. And it's designed to protect your back, you know? So like that, it, it absorbs the shock when you walk. That's the purpose of the shoe, by the way. Um, the problem is like when you're standing there, it's like, you're constantly moving. It's like you're boinging, you know, the, the old cartoon, I just referenced cartoons just a second ago. The cartoons, like where you're boinging, you know, like you're, <laughs> you, you can't, you're not, you're constantly moving. For on YouTube, you can see me. This is what, this is what you look like when you're talking to them if you're wearing Z coils. Uh, so, yeah, it was a thing. She wore them. I don't know how I got sidetracked by Z coils, but the, she really liked Dr. Shell's. I don't even, I didn't even know Dr. Shell's made shoes. I thought they made just like the, the inserts. No, that was, a, that's what I thought. I thought it was just that. I mean, like, when do you, at what point in your life do you switch? Where do you switch mentally? And I always remember, I always thought that growing up because you would see how old people would dress when you were a kid. Like, when I was a kid, I would notice what old people looked like, like their style of dress. And I always remember thinking, at what point, because I always tried to, like, wear normal clothes. Like, you know, I always tried to look decent or whatever. And then you would see old people wearing certain things. And at what point, though, does your do you just mentally shift and you're like, man, eh, I'm just gonna wear this now? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I don't really care about appearance anymore. I'm just gonna do this. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't know where that line is at. Uh, I I really don't. I really don't. Look, I always tried to dress good, just because I thought, you know, people. You look at magazines. You're like, oh, look, that guy dresses fancy. Well, if I'm going to be fancy, maybe I should try to fancy it up. Those are always my thoughts. I thought I could, I thought I could get to higher places in life by looking like I was somebody. That might, honestly, that might be the 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 deep root in my head as to why people are like, why do you always always dress up? Well, I don't. Well, I don't think I dress up, and I don't think people accuse me of like wearing a suit because I don't do that. But I always like throw a little. Watch this word. I always use a little pizzazz. I always use pizzazz. I try to pizzazz them when I put my clothes on. Right? So uh, maybe magazines force me to think that way. Um, point is, uh, this new point. I had this girlfriend in college, and for anybody who's not from the United States and for anybody who's outside of uh, Oklahoma, there's a governor, and the governor is the head guy in the state. Any regular person listening to this is going to be like, yes, we know moron. But for anybody who's listening elsewhere, 
And so they're like the, they're the elected official over the state. And, um, so the governor for the state of Oklahoma was Frank Keating at the time. And my girlfriend in college was one of his campaign managers. I, I don't know how many they have. I don't know their titles, but something like that. So she said, Hey, do you want to go to this function, a fundraiser, uh, tonight? And I said, sure. So we went to, uh, I don't know if I'm going to name drop all this restaurant drop. His name's Stan Clark, but we went to, there's a, there's a pretty famous restaurant in Stillwater, and this guy's the owner of a few of them. And so we went to his house for this campaign thing. The governor was going to give a, a speech there just for the people there. And really, uh, I was the youngest one in the room by about, mm, I'm going to go 15 years at least, uh, you know, myself and my girlfriend, but she was four or five years older than I was. Uh, not that much, maybe four, three or four. So I go, and... Frank Keating, his wife is there. I mean, this is the first lady of the state of Oklahoma. And uh, I don't know if I was such a looker, you know, but I I for sure was the youngest kid in the room. And so she went over and started talking to me. But you know how, like, when you're a kid, about that age, you know, whatever age I was, 18, uh, I think it was 18, and they start talking to you in your head, you're thinking, um... I think Frank Keating's wife is hitting on me. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. But you're a kid and your head's going. I'm like, this lady's talking to me a little extra, like longer than I thought that the governor's wife would be talking to me. Uh, but, you know, as a kid, and obviously she's just being nice. She's the governor. She probably talks to a thousand kids a day. But in my head, I'm like, I'm like analyzing this whole situation, thinking like, is the governor's wife. Are, are you trying to fall in love? Is this what she's trying to do? I mean, you know, th- this is adolescent stuff, right? Like where I'm thinking. Uh, and, and you know, after it's all said and done, maybe she wasn't. But I thought for a minute she was. And then I was thinking like, oh, my. And then your mind wonders, oh, my. Um, what if? What if? Am I going to marry Frank Keating's wife? That's what I thought at the time. Uh, maybe that's... <laughs> But I wouldn't have let that happen. I'm gonna that that's that story. I, I just wanted to throw it in there because it was funny. But um, to me, anyway, I don't know if you you left at all. That's what young kids think, by the way. If you got 18 year old, if you got kids that are 16 to 20 years old, uh, probably 25 to be honest, unless they've already got married. But uh, if you have a kid who who already thinks he's uh, and I did then, I don't now. I've been married now for I don't know 17 years, 18. Uh, but back then, I thought I was a ladies' man of the world. So, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, oh, there's a chance I would let you date me, governor's wife, right? That's what I thought. Uh, but moving moving forward from that thought, I actually have seen the governor on three occasions. One was at that house. The first time before I saw him at that house was this time. Twice. Two times. What this is crazy. How many people live in Oklahoma? Uh, I don't know, 5 million, 4.8 million people, I think, live in the state of Oklahoma. I think that's what it is. You got one governor, and there is a bathroom at a McDonald's on a turnpike in between Tulsa and Oklahoma City, and I've seen them in the same bathroom two times. Twice I saw him in the same bathroom. Both times he was drunk, and the first time, 
I'm I'm peeing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm in there, and I'm and I'm peeing at a urinal, and and I look over, and you know my mom and dad watch the news every night. You know the local news. So I look and I'm like, that's that's the governor. I'm peeing beside the governor. And and if there was a thought that maybe it wasn't the governor, here's how I know it was the governor, because the guy behind the governor, standing against the wall, staring at him pee, which, by the way, is an odd job to be the head bodyguard for the governor because you got to sit there and watch him pee, I guess. I guess. So I'm like, anyway, that guy, the reason I know it was the governor, because that guy was about, I'm going to go 6'5". I don't know, probably, I, I don't know the weights. He, the guy at least weighed 250 pounds, 260 at 6'5", was a very fit guy, a, bit, a large man, and so uh, that confirmed it because obviously it's his bodyguard. I don't know if he's a driver, bodyguard, I don't know how it goes. I don't know what the governors get uh, for protection, but that guy was with him for sure. Maybe police, state police, whatever you call them, capital police. Uh, so that's it, first time. Um he was washing his hands. I washed my hands. He said, how are you? I said, good. How are you? It was good. I didn't, I didn't say you're the governor. I didn't do anything like that. That was the first time I saw the governor. Second time was at that party where I thought his wife was talking to me a little extra. Probably she wasn't, but in my head, cause I was, you know, thought I was a ladies man at 18. <laughs> I thought the governor's wife is trying to make eyes at me. And I was like making them back, seeing if we connected. I maybe ultimately we didn't. And then the third time, I'm in the same bathroom at Stroud. Now this time, I'm going to tell this because this is crazy. And what a good memory if you guys remember who Frank Keating is. I mean, most people probably will. But the the third time I met him wasn't long after that uh, that fundraiser. He's drunk again. I walk in, crazy. The governor. I'm peeing beside him again. And that time, uh, he looks over while he's peeing. <laughs> it's just an odd conversation to have with the governor. Um, he's peeing, and I'm peeing, and we both got our peeing parts in our hands as we're talking. And he said, he's like, hey, I know you. <laughs> and I said, uh, yes, sir, uh, I, I have met you. And he's like, yeah, uh, I met you at Stan Clark's house. And I'm like, yes, sir. You, I did. I met you there. <laughs> he's like, yeah, how you been doing? And so he talks to me and, uh, you know, then we're done peeing and he's still talking and we wash our hands and shook his hand and he, he saw the same bodyguard and shook his hand and he left and it was cool. So like three times in my life, I've, I've, uh, seen Frank Keating and and two times we had our pee parts in our hands so that's uh that's my that's my, <laughs> that's my peeing with the governor story uh speaking of that because it's on a turnpike speaking of driving I this, this just happened last night I, I live in a you've heard me say I you know I say it often but I live in this tiny school district thing it's not even really a town school really a school district some housing additions there's this one addition and i don't get it anywhere i do this at i hate and i'm and i i literally i do i hate i do not understand them what is the purpose can somebody please tell me actually i'm asking it's not even a story can somebody please tell me what is the purpose of a traffic circle please tell me the purpose of a traffic circle i don't get it so I'm in this little tiny, uh, well, not tiny, but I'm in this uh, housing addition, 
and they have a roundabout. I said traffic circle. Yeah, same thing. Uh, what what is the purpose of this roundabout slash traffic circle, whatever you call it? I don't get it. Look, I I, I come up on the road. I can clearly see nobody's coming. I could turn left and just be to my point right then, or I got to drive feels like a half mile around and pass two or three other um, uh, exits just to turn left, which was right beside right where I was when I first pulled up to the traffic circle. I don't get it. And they're annoying and, and they serve no purpose. I don't think, you know, unless I don't know, you know, if the city maybe had a monument in the center of a traffic circle that they want you, they want to show off and, force you to drive around in a circle. I mean, maybe I get that, but just random neighborhood traffic circle. It doesn't, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I, 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 I don't get it. You know, and since I just mentioned turnpike and dri- driving circle, I did I, <laughs> today on the turnpike, this happened, a black car passed me. Does anybody have a personal, a personalized license plate? Is that something that you have? I mean, is that a thing? I never have. I don't recall ever wanting one, but I don't get it. And because he, I, I don't get it. Like, it's stuff like uh, Mini Cooper, my Mini, you know, or, or uh, Corvette. I've seen a Corvette that just said Corvette or great GR8. Anyway, I got passed by this uh, uh, Camaro SS or whatever year. I don't know. Oh, 10, whatever they came back out. And it was all blacked out, and the license plate said, devious. I'm so devious. Look at my devious license plate. <laughs> I didn't get that out. Look at my devious license plate. Because I'm so devious when I drive, I'm devious. Well, who does? Here's the thing. It's one thing to write, like, my Mini on the Mini Cooper. Yeah, nerdy, super nerdy. I don't want to be your friend if, if it was you who has it. But when you write devious on your license plate, you're like one of those, you know, those people that try too hard in all situations uh, to be cool, even if they're not. Let me reference podcast uh, land. You know, the people that wear sunglasses at night, not the TikTok video I made, but like (laughs) the people that are in clubs or restaurants at nighttime in the dark with your sunglasses on in clubs with your sunglasses on the ones that look stupid that are, that's the same person. I didn't get a look at them. But that's the same person where their license plate says devious. I'm so devious. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> like I don't uh, <laughs> listen. People have to pick their friends. You pick your friends. I don't have friends that do stuff like that. I'm not saying I'm not friends with a person that has a personalized license plate. I'm just telling you that every friend I have, every best friend I have, of lifelong friends, none of them have personalized license plate. Zero of them. Vroom or whatever it is. You know, like if you got a 1993 Mustang and it says Vroom on the back, you know, crap like that, like it's fast. Unbelievable. I mean, look, these days I'm not a car guy. I'm not a car guy, but hadn't cars progressed these days? I mean, they got V6s that run 193 miles an hour and crap like that. Did I make that up? I might have made that one up. But, like, they, they're making smaller cylinder cars, and somehow they're going pretty fast. I don't know 
Once again, I'm not a mechanic. I don't know if it's turbo land. I don't know if that's what you're doing. You're putting turbo on them. But cars go faster, and they're not as big. Because right now, they have cars that blow other cars out of the water, and they don't have a 1964 975 engine in it that weighs 2,000 pounds. Cars weigh less than the engines did in, like, 1973. Any car guys out there, I don't need you to tell me that's not true, but that's what I feel like. Do you remember how... Do you remember when the front of cars were so long? Uh, I mean, how much how much engine can you put in that thing? It, it, it was like putting a train engine in cars back then. That's what the hoods looked like. The hood used to be 12 feet long. Anybody remember that? Or am I just making that up? I'm probably just making it up because I'm so devious. I'm thinking about putting a devious license plate on the back of my car. Devious one. You know, because I guess Devious is already there. I got to do it now. Devious one. Okay, look. Uh, I appreciate you listening in. I mean, I don't even know what I talked about. <laughs> but I appreciate you listening to me ramble. And, hey, love everybody. Uh, put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Um, I got sidetracked this week because, because of, the, of the tourney. Because of the tourney, I promise I'm going to start putting these things out every Thursday for somebody fascinating. Listen in. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Uh, love you. Have a good week.